Hey, how are you? It's Mary Bicknell. Welcome to Lead a Life Uncommon, where every Monday you're going to get a little biz bite to start your week off right. And then every Wednesday, we're going to deep dive into all things personal growth, where my goal is to help you have an aha every single week. You know, this podcast is for you, for the woman who's the go-getter, who knows there's more inside. And you know what? You're ready to smash through that self-imposed glass ceiling so you can finally see what you're made of. Ready? Let's go. How's it going? It's Mary Bicknell. Welcome to Lead a Life Uncommon. Today, what we're going to be talking about, this is really part two of our four-part series on being bold. So this week, we're talking about being outgoing. Last week, we talked about being brave. And the future, we're going to talk about being a leader and making decisions. So today, how to become more outgoing by stepping out of that doubt and right into your confidence. You know, I remember being a little kid and wanting to speak up in class and I'd be so excited. I'd want to share my ideals. I'd wiggle in my seat. I'd call out and I'd raise my hand and be like, me, 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 call on me. And you know, the truth of the matter is school doesn't set us up to be outspoken, passionate, exuberant, full of life human beings, does it? No. You know, school, our society, our communities don't support girls and women being outspoken. We say we do. Come on. We say we do. But the reality is, is that really we don't, you know, because for decades we've been taught like, be nice, don't interrupt, you know, be seen, not heard. Speaking up is often, how many times do you think about somebody who's speaking up and we interpret her being outspoken, outgoing, as being bitchy or bossy or aggressive. Now, remember, (laughs) you know, the irony here, the crazy, crazy is, is that if a man said the same exact thing, the same, literally the same exact thing in the same exact situation with the same exact tone, cadence and inflection, guess what? No one would say, look at Bob over there being bitchy. No one says that. We've been told as women, keep your head down, don't rock the boat. And yet on the other hand, we're also told this mixed message like, go for it, you can do anything, girls can do it all, have everything that you want in your life. And so oftentimes these mixed messages are carried into our parenting, into our careers, into our marriages, and it becomes confusing. So today I will be giving you some things to think about, some action steps, some challenges, some new perspectives so that you can have an aha, so that you can embrace being outgoing as something that you strive to do, strive to be. You know, my parents, they did not like (laughs) my enthusiastic nature. They didn't like that. I think being outgoing and being um, outspoken somehow meant for them that they did not have control of me. Can anybody relate to that? If you're a mom, if you're a parent, can you think about those times where, you know, you want your little kids to sit down, sit down, sit down, stop running around. And yet, like, we want them to go for it. How many times have we inadvertently given our own children these mixed messages? I I know I have. I definitely have. You know, my daughter, River, she's a teenager. And sometimes I'm just like, rebel a little bit. She's a rule follower. She's also a very structured and organized person. And so... She's fabulous in so many ways. And you know what the truth is? She will follow the rules that she sees are good rules, which is exactly what I want. I want her to be outgoing. How often does society, though, try and control the narrative of many women? 
take that in for a minute. Like really, how often do we judge women speaking up? I want you to think about right now. I know that there's something that just popped into your brain around somebody who spoke up and you had a thought about her, right? You looked at her and and perhaps on one hand you were like, yay, look at that woman. She's really taking a stand and she's standing up and you, you kind of secretly wish that you were more like that. But there's also a trace of sometimes when somebody speaks up, we know that her speaking up is going to cause some problems. It's going to cause her trouble. You know, many successful female change makers who have spoken up have gotten backlash and have been ridiculed. They've had some kind of abuse. And yet, you know, as women, we need to do more of it if we want to achieve the goals and we really want to be the leaders of our lives. We want to be the leader of ourselves, our careers, our businesses. So today we're really going like this whole talk today about being outgoing versus being vulnerable. That's part of it, right? Self-doubt, vulnerability. How does that weave in with being outgoing and confident? And are they even the same? We're going to learn what to say on our mind without worrying about the pushback. In other words, showing more confidence in the face of doubt. So if you're here and you've ever doubted something that you said, you said it and you're like, oh God, should I have said that? Or you think, oh, I wish I could do that. Or you've actually spoken up, rightly so, and somebody pushed back, even though you didn't say it, bitchily. Is that even a word, bitchily? Bitchy? Bitchy? (laughs) Today, we're really going to think about how you can become more aware of the shift that could happen inside of you so that you do speak up, you are outgoing, and that you don't always have to have confidence to do the thing that needs to get done. So today is O, as in the bold. Remember, bold is brave outgoing leader deciding to do whatever the hell you want whenever you want to do it. And you know what? Often, we're, we're doubters. And here's the reality. Research has shown us during interviews, right? During the interview process, you're sitting down, they come in, everybody's in a blue suit, Bob's in a blue suit, Sally's in a blue suit. Bob's saying the same thing that Sally's saying, Bob gets the job. Or what about this? When men say they can do a job and they have like zero experience or like little to no experience and they're like, hell yeah, I can do it. And a woman's like, well, I don't think I can do it even though she totally could do it. So many times we overthink things or we overworry or we choose the limiting position because of our whisper of doubt. Not just our whisper of doubt, but also because we do get that pushback. You know, success, it turns out, correlates just as closely with competence as it does with confidence. So let me say it differently, right? So even if you're highly skilled, if you don't embrace that skill and really feel confident about it, if you don't like feel confident about it, even if you have it, if you don't look at it and say, oh my God, I'm so good at that, your level of success will be shortchanged. I'm here to help you never be short, never shortchange yourself and instead press to become aware of where you need to step out. You know, what's going on? Here's a new perspective. When you grow, when you are outgoing, it's always uncomfortable. When you grow, it's always uncomfortable. You know, growth, real growth involves moving into uncharted territory. So doing something new in the face of never having done it before. So instead of holding on to a thought that's like, oh my God, I've never done that. 
And having that thought create fear and doubt in you, begin to recognize those feelings that come up of doubt, those feelings of fear, fear. And like what thought caused those sensations, right, in your body. So your emotion of fear creates a sensation in your body. So often, and I'm going to talk about this plenty of times on another podcast about being a floating head where we're disconnected. We're so crazy busy. We become disconnected from our feelings of our body, of sensing what's happening within ourselves, our physical bodies. So that's the key. You know, we be, we have to become more aware of doubt. You need to become um, aware of it and examine it so that you can recognize your growth and lean into that, to embrace that, to love that as a part of who you are. So it's still, you know, you still are going to feel uncomfortable, but this is not going to be eliminated. So let's get clear. I'm not saying when you grow, guess what? You're just going to love it and it's going to be completely comfortable. No, no, it's going to be uncomfortable. But the goal is, is that you're not going to undermine yourself and that you can really enjoy the process of growth. You can do that or not, right? So see, in the beginning, you have to really know yourself. Become extremely curious about what it is and what's required of you if you want to lead a life uncommon. I think the problem so many times is we're not really curious about ourselves. We're so bashing ourselves. We're so judgmental to our own selves. We ridicule ourselves. We're like, you know, what do they say? Like, you're your own worst enemy. You're your own worst enemy. Instead of being like, wow, that's really funny I did that. Wow, that's really curious how I reacted that way. Wow, I can't believe that I'm I'm stressed out right now. Huh, I wonder what what triggered that. See, with when you become curious, it allows you to develop a plan of action. It allows you to recognize a choice. I get to be this way. I get to continue down this like unconscious path, or I can be a woman who recognize, oh, the situation is going to trigger me to have some doubt. How can I mitigate that? Right? I mean, really, literally, the uncommon is new and unique and different. It's banishing the status quo. I didn't say lead a life that's common. <laughs> Lead a life in your comfort zone. That's not the name of this podcast, right? So you've got to be able to stretch out of the status quo. You have to embrace, if you want something different, you must test yourself in your personal and professional growth. What if you did that instead? You tested yourself. Like you consciously went into something knowing, oh my God, this is really going to be uncomfortable. This is going to stretch me. And you came out on the other side and you were like giving yourself high fives. What if instead you connected with the version of yourself that has already done the thing that makes you feel uncomfortable right now? Let's play this out. For example, what advice now really pay attention here because this is going to be the logic. Frequently, you're going to hear me say things like let's remove the emotion and be in logic. I'm big on emotions. I'm big on feelings. And also, I want you to be able to step back. And look at things logically. It's not always easy. It's really a skill to develop. I've really had to work on developing this skill to be in logic or frankly, my anxiety. I have a little bit of anxiety. It get ahead of me. It can run away from me. So let's pull back and let's play this out. Okay. Let's play out. For example, what advice would you give your former 10 year younger self? Okay. What would you have said to her? What would you like? You know, it's like you flew back in time and you're able to say, Mary, blah, blah, blah. Sally, 
insert your name here, right? (laughs) You're probably going to say something along the lines like, it's going to work out. Or maybe even like, go for it more often. Now, if you use that same logic, what do you think your future evolved self who has done the thing that you're uncomfortable doing today, what do you think she would tell you? What if you started a relationship with her? What if you became more connected with her? This is really one of the things I'm going to make sure I can support you in having really a deeper connection with your current self, your former self, selves, and your future self. What if you trusted her just like you would have wanted your former 10-year younger self to trust you? What if you were able to have a new thought that doing the thing that is outgoing will build more confidence or at the very least give you some new information? Can you see how having that as a thought is so much more supportive to you going for it than looking backward, right? And having your brain look for evidence that you can do the big thing that's in front of you. So like, let's play this out. You've got this big goal. When you're working from the goal as though you've already attained it from your future self, that's a completely different energy than looking backward because your brain is going to look backward and it's going to go, I don't know, you've never done this before. And your brain's not going to find anything that's going to support you. Your brain is going to so sabotage you from being outgoing. Your brain does not like you to be outgoing. It hates it. It hates you to be outgoing. So what has to happen instead is you have to use your higher level of thinking. You have to use your mind. You have to tell your brain, it's okay. It's okay, brain. And then still go through with the action of being outgoing, even in the face of feeling vulnerable. Your brain's best defense to keep you safe is to whisper in your ear little whispers of doubt. I don't know. I don't know if you could do this. I don't know. You've never done that before. I don't know. What if you fail? What if you fall? What if everybody looks at you and everybody laughs at you? Oh my God. What if you waste money? What if you spend money? You never, you haven't kept that 20 pounds off, like on and on and on. You know, it's a daily task to be the woman that you want to be so that you can do the actions that need to happen so that you can have what you want. So how do you even step out of this? How do you step out of doubt? become more outgoing and grow your confidence. First, you need to stop comparing. I want you to think about Sally Jane, you know, is super confident. So you're looking at her, you're like, oh my God, she's so confident. Maybe she is, or maybe she's just doing the work to build her self-belief, which to her would be more outgoing. And that shows up to you as confidence, but inside she's quaking in her boots. Is that a saying, quaking in your boots? You know, many people think I'm an extrovert and I'm telling you, I'm not. I am not an extrovert. I'm incredibly confident in what I'm able to do and my abilities. I'm confident that being outgoing, even when I'm really freaked out or nervous or sweating through my shirt or like having to remember, breathe, Mary, (sighs) breathe. By the way, if you feel anxious, check your shoulders, roll them back, roll them down, breathe in through your nose and exhale and feel grounded. You can tell I have to do that frequently. So even though you might think, oh my God, I'm an extrovert, I'm not, I'm an introvert. I just am confident. And confidence also comes with the practice of being confident. Outgoing and extroversion are not the same. So why is that gonna help you when you're in comparison mode? Because sometimes you're gonna see somebody that is like so outgoing and you're gonna interpret that as she's an extrovert and she's so confident, none of which is true. I want you to remember that. 
Next, you need to become a master of your thinking and gentle with yourself around your brilliant brain's job of keeping you small. So you can't be a leader and have all the things in your life if you play small and you give into the self-doubt. Your big mission in life. I know you've got a big mission. I know it's big. And whether that's to build a massive business to help people all over the world or run a marathon or be the best mom you can or get into the best shape of your life, it takes you being a leader. We're going to talk more next week in part three of our four-part series on being bold. And the L in bold is leadership. Here's another thing I want you to do. Next, become aware of how often you show up when you aren't outgoing confident? How often do you hold back your opinions? How often do you hold back your beliefs? Now, I know there's times that you're going to want to keep your comments to yourself. Of course, it's totally appropriate. Like, for example, I never talk about politics with my family. Like, there's just zero need to exert any energy around that. There's no, there's zero points in that dance of disagreement. (laughs) I'm sure that you can think of some things as well with your family members or your girlfriends. There's certain topics you just don't talk about. And not because you're afraid to, it's because you've consciously made a decision. See, there's a difference here where you consciously say you're not going to have a conversation about X, Y, and Z. That's completely different than you withholding your comments. So there are many times you aren't speaking up and sharing your insights and your opinion and your advice and your thoughts and your suggestions and the very act of not doing them, it only erodes your confidence in yourself. And worse, it creates this pattern, a habit. It creates these neural pathways in your brain that says, when I have something to say, doubt, doubt it. Don't say it. So I want you to begin today. Here's one of your action, your uncommon action steps. Ready? I want you to start counting how many times you don't speak up even over the tiniest of tiny things. So sometimes we might say, well, I didn't speak up because I didn't want to get into a big argument. Okay. Or I didn't speak up because of X, Y, and Z. So you've come up with a reason in your mind. You're naturally going to try and think of those times. I'm suggesting that you also speak up about the teeny tiny things, the things that we would think, ah, that's not a big deal. For example, your latte wasn't right. They made it too hot. They made it too cold. They put four pumps instead of three pumps of sugar in it. And you didn't go and get a fresh one. Your client was late again. And you went ahead and you allowed the call to continue way over your scheduled time. You didn't establish a boundary. First of all, you didn't establish a boundary in the beginning, (laughs) right, of the relationship. But you didn't say anything in that moment. Sally, I'm sorry, you're, you know, this is the third time you're late. I think we should talk about lateness. That's another conversation. We'll talk about that. Your hubby expects you to cook dinner when you both have been working full time. I hear this a lot, right? You're still doing quote, quote, traditional um, roles, even though you've got a full-time business or a full-time job. What's that look like in your relationship? So you want to order out and he's like, no, I want you to cook. Or he says, you know, I want Chinese and you want Mexican. And you're thinking, you know, Well, if I say I really want what I want, that that's somehow making a big deal out of it. I want to encourage you to remember, it's not making you a big deal. That's not a big deal. So I'm going to ask you, start thinking about those things. Think about them. Did you choose Chinese? Did you choose Mexican? Did you tell your client? What did you do? 
We're going to talk some more in the future. I'm going to give you very specific sentences and concrete ways to improve your communication and learn how to not worry about conflict so that you can truly make your yes, your yes, and your no, your no. We're going to have that as a conversation um, another day where literally I will give you sentence after sentence after sentence so that you can feel really strong and confident and recognize that you're not going to be saying something that, you know, is hurting someone intentionally. Today though, I'm asking you to start paying attention to the number of times you don't speak up. I want you to notice the thought around that. I want you to notice the feeling. I want you to label the emotion and then notice also, how do you cope with the fallout of you not speaking up? Do you beat yourself up? Are you angry with yourself? Do you think, oh my God, I can't believe I didn't do that. Do you go, what do you do? What do you do to deal with that? Because see your higher self, your evolved self inside is like, girl, speak up. And sometimes when you don't, it, it does, it erodes your confidence in yourself. So, you know, also women who do speak up, you know, there's a backlash, right? And with that, it really compounds our sense of vulnerability. Somewhere along the road, my friend, when you spoke up and when you were putting yourself out there, even if you were right, and even if you had a right to say what you said, we become so aware of other people's feelings and that backlash that comes, we hold back out of self-preservation because showing up and experiencing that vulnerability is painful. And it's painful even when it is a great opinion, a great idea. And sometimes those are just interpreted as negative. And when, of course, that negative feeling comes up, your brain is like, see, I told you you should never speak up. I told you you shouldn't have said anything. Another problem with the backlash is there's this undercurrent within us that, you know, and this is true, research has proved this out, is that frequently when someone speaks up, the backlash is that woman is not liked. Really think about this. Talk about triggering all kinds of primal self-preservation strategies. Those and I'm doing air quotes. Yes, those women who speak up start to get the brunt of behavior of not being liked, thinking that she's too good for herself, she's too braggy, she's this, etc. Even if she's completely right. Again, even if it's the same thing a man would have said. And we start to perceive her as an outsider. Look at her saying what she's saying. And then of course, you sense that. You sense that. Not only do you sense it, you probably are actually experiencing that. So now how do you also need to pay attention of times that you do speak up? So we've talked about pay attention to how you feel, what thoughts come up, the reasons why you're not speaking up. And now I want you to think about those moments that you do speak up. What was that experience for you? How do you feel when you actually share your thoughts? What's your thought about yourself when you speak up versus when you don't? I know sometimes women say to me, like, in the moment, I couldn't think of what to say. Totally understandable. Here's a suggestion for you. When you frequently have those moments, they're similar moments, like write them all down and notice the pattern, the similarity when that happens. And when you do that, again, it's that sense of curiosity for yourself, right? So then when you do that, guess what? You can start building a plan of action around it. You can start recognizing how you choose to show up. 
So maybe it's when you're speaking up at work, or maybe it's when you're making a suggestion to a client, or maybe you're talking to your spouse and it's the same thing over and over. Maybe it's, you know, and it's all going to harken back to the way you said it once to your mom or whatever. I know we kind of tongue in cheek with that, but there's some truth to that, right? About how we're conditioned. Remember, you have been outgoing, frankly, all your life. And even though that doesn't necessarily matter completely when you are doing something new, it's also something for you to be conscious of. How do I know you've been outgoing on your life? Because what you have today is the result of you being outgoing. Now, maybe it's not as big as you wanted or as, as like grand, but you've done something in your life to take you forward. So when you want to do something new, if you reflect back to your prior experience as the only proof that you will succeed or not, that is not a great reference point. Here's the difference. When you look back to prior times you've been outgoing or other times you've attained success, or maybe you didn't even succeed to the level that you wanted, what was the motivation? What were you thinking that caused you to go for it? See, you can start recreating some of those supportive thoughts right now and that supportive emotional state, like getting yourself inspired, getting yourself into commitment, getting yourself into motivation. You can prove yourself that way. So when you're doubting and your brain says, no, you can't do it, you can say, I've done many new things. I'm doing this too. Not, oh my God, I've never done that. I don't know if I can do it. No, I've done many new things. You've been outgoing. You've done many new things. That's the truth. There's no denying that. Okay. Now here's one of the thoughts that I frequently say, and I've been using this literally for years. So it's, it's helped me create an incredible life. You can use it for yourself. Ready? Grab a pen. Here it is. And you want to say it three times. I'm just going to say it once, but you say it three times. I'm powerful and strong. I do whatever I set my mind to today. I will do what others won't. So in the future, I can do what others can't. See, you being outgoing is going to be rare in many situations in your life. It's true. Most people won't do the things that need to get done in order to have the success they want. Let me say that again. Successful people are normal people just like me and you who kept doing the things average or unsuccessful people refuse to do. So today I would do what others won't. So in the future, I can do what others can't. We have to recognize how powerful we are. We have to remember that as women, we are incredibly strong. We have to acknowledge that when we set our mind to things, we can do things. So here's some examples of incredible women, right? Susan B. Anthony helped women get the right to vote. Rosa Bark, we know the story of her her as a symbol of the civil rights movement. Martha Stewart was the first American female self-made billionaire with a B. We have many examples of amazing women, right? Many examples. So look, successful people have also done, so those are big things, right? But successful people have also done things like run a marathon. Now, maybe you're not going to be like Kathy Schweitzer, who was the first woman to officially complete the Boston Marathon. But think about it. Successful people who run marathons, they do things, those of us who are not, and I'm a non-marathoner, by the way. Um, so marathoners, they're going to eat a certain way. They're going to have a sleep routine, a certain way. They're going to eat, sleep, like thoughts all a certain way. That's what helps them become a marathon runner. Owning a million dollar business is made up of women doing, you know, work to figure out what needed to get done. 
here's a statistic for you. 13.5% of multimillionaires in the United States are women. Over three-fourths of American millionaires never received inheritance. What is this telling you? First of all, that as a woman, you can become a multimillionaire. And that millionaires, the majority of millionaires are self-made. What does that mean? They did the uncommon thing. They figured it out. Nobody handed it to them. They're not trust fund babies. They figured it out. Me, you know, working a three-day week while having a very prosperous business that allows me never to have to worry about money. That's what I love to teach my clients to do, right? Work less and make more or work less and at the very least make the same because time is a thing I don't want to waste. But it took me working 70-hour weeks for a while, for a long time, then 50-hour weeks, then 40-hour weeks to really set up the systems to now allow me to work three days a week. And then I'm able now that I have systems in place to actually teach that. Like, you know, learn from my example. See, one of the things that we have to understand with that growth being outgoing and building your confidence, it's also for the chosen few who are willing to do it. And it takes work. If you want to do a marathon or build a business, it's going to take work. You want to create a charity. You want to be a great mama. It's going to take work. And not only do you have to learn the how to do things, you need to become the woman who's willing to do the thing so that you will also have to learn to speak up, be outgoing, and recognize people are going to rain all over your parade, right? That's that backlash we were talking about. So how badly do you want what you say you want? See, that thing has to be a guidepost for you. If what you say you want isn't big enough, isn't emotionally satisfying enough, isn't deeply, deeply gratifying and fulfilling enough, guess what? You're not going to do it. You won't do it. I promise you, you won't do it. You won't grow and you're not going to be that outgoing and confident because it has to pull you, right? Remember, it's from your future self. She's pulling you toward that, toward that accomplishment. So today, when you're doing your uncommon action steps that I listed earlier, about being lovingly curious about when and when, when you do and don't speak up and how that feels and what your thought caused that feeling. Make sure you write all this down, my friends. See, as you grow, you want to be able to acknowledge your own growth. The very act of being bold is what it will take for you to have the things that you want. Start thinking about what you would like that's uncommon. I told you I work three-day work weeks, most weeks, not all the time. I'm financially independent. I have a global business. We're going to move to Europe four weeks or four months out of the year next year. I have two homes. I actually love myself. Like, what do you want? I think when you start observing where you stop yourself and you're curious about it, and when you support yourself and your confidence will grow so much that you're naturally, here's the thing, that you're naturally going to become more outgoing because your doubts won't feel as big anymore in the face of your deepest desires and goals. So when you have those big desires, when you have those big goals, it will become easier for you to be outgoing. Because your desire for that result, the need for that, the want for that, you recognize it's worthy. It's worth it to be outgoing. It's worth it to be vulnerable. It's worth it to build your confidence. Hey, and when your confidence grows and you naturally become more outgoing because your doubts, like your brain is keeping you so, now you'll be able to gently say to yourself, honey, 
it's okay. Instead of bashing yourself for your perceived low confidence, you'll start falling in love with yourself and you'll be more confident and compassionate and curious. You're going to be so curious about yourself. See, everything's available to you. It's literally inside of you right now. And it's at the very tip of your fingers. So grab it, embrace it, allow yourself to step fully into being that woman who is constantly seeking to grow, allowing the unknown to come in because you feel so very alive with each new milestone. Look, oh my gosh, I can barely wait to hear what you have to say. I love getting your emails. I love when you DM me, tag me on Instagram. I'm looking forward to hearing how you are becoming more confident and outgoing. Talk to you again. Bye now. Hey, you've been listening to the Lead a Life Uncommon podcast. I'm here helping you create a life to allow you to do whatever the heck you want to do whenever you want to do it. If you got some value out of this, I'm going to ask you, pop over and give a five-star review. Subscribe and share this with a girlfriend you know is ready to lead a life uncommon herself. And I want to give you a couple of things. Number one is pop over to marybicknell.com slash podcast. I have something called the guide to your hidden thoughts around money and success. You're going to uncover some good stuff there. It's a little workshop I'm giving to you. And another thing I want you to take advantage of is this exercise I did all around connecting with your evolved future self. You're going to love this exercise. It's going to be fantastic. In fact, when you're done, please, please, please go and tag me on Instagram or any of the socials and tell me what you thought. I'm looking forward to hearing what you have to say and I'll chat with you soon. Bye now.